0: Hey guys, here we are, the Quiggin' Out MMA podcast, episode 25, and this is actually going to be our season one finale, and I cannot believe the guest who is on the other side of the screen, the one and only Nathaniel Moon, Sherman Augustus. How we doing? Hey,
1: I'm, I'm good. I'm, let me do one thing. Let me put my phone on silent. We can keep rolling. I just want to put it on now <laughs> do not disturb, because, you know, my mom will probably call and something like that. So.
0: <laughs> Listen, it, that isn't a, it, it isn't a show without some technical difficulties or without an okay. interruption, you know? as we know yeah (laughs) we won't even talk about that we'll be here all night (laughs) yeah yeah well i really appreciate you taking the time um you know without being a fanboy i am a huge fan of yours um i love thanks matt thank you matt loved into the badlands Um, oh man and i was very upset when it was taken off the air but actually uh before we talked uh, I rewatched your your battle with you know the widow and the, your first re- real introduction into the show with Daniel Wu. So, what was that right. like for it to be, you know, the first episode where you're really brought on and that's what you get to do?
1: It was it was it was it was intimidating uh, to tell you the truth because, uh, like a month and a half before, I had put myself on tape for the show because um, at first I, I didn't watch the show season one until the end mm-hmm. right because i'm figuring like okay so there's a show about martial arts and i'm not on it oh that's just jacked up so i was really hating on everything at that point point. and you know one day my mom called me she goes hey sherman have you seen badlands i'm like no mom i don't want to watch it either because <laughs> i'm not on it it's a clap. so she was laughing at me and uh a couple of weeks later I just open myself up to. It. I just look, man. If if something comes through, I'm going to open myself up to that uh, because it seems like a really cool show to do. And I heard that they were moving from uh, New Orleans to Dublin, so I'm like, okay, you know, as an actor, you know, okay. that's how you get your that's how you get your traveling in, baby. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it is, and it's free, right? So uh, I had audition for it, and it was right at the tail end of pilot season and I had been going through just after this pilot up for that show this that and I was burnt out mm-hmm. and I was just over it right and uh the audition process there was two scenes there was a scene with Daniel and uh Nick and I in the uh, mortuary that very emotional scene mm-hmm. and the other scene was the leading up to the fight scene between Daniel and I uh in the in the uh, the when we had the big fight scene uh so, and it was about maybe 10 pages of dialogue.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Right. So, my best friend, business partner, director, producer, extravinaire, whole nine yards, uh, Tim Cockshell, uh, we shot it, and we shot it like a film. We shot that, 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 those particular two scenes like we were shooting on the day and uh, Tim said yo man if you don't get this gig then something's wrong with him so four weeks goes but yeah four (laughs) weeks go by and (laughs) it was four weeks that went by and I didn't hear anything and I remember I had a couple of meetings and auditions that day and again like I said uh, I was just burnt out so I go by my agent's office and I'm prepared to just let everybody have it you know I'm just over it Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm like no I'm just going home Chill. <laughs> went back out to went back out to Tim's house. We were working on a couple of tracks. Uh, his music is like my second love, first love. But you know, it we had to put it on the, on the back burner for a while. So we're recording a couple of tracks and, drink, and drinking Jameson, right? Right. So I get home and I get this phone call from Susan Holmes about five. Oh, about four forty five that morning, you know, uh I couldn't understand that the <laughs> accent. She was like, the man is showing this, this is Susan Holmes from Inter Vialons. I'm calling in about bringing uh, bring you over here to 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 do violence. Could you do that today? Can we get you on the plane at 4.30? I'm like what? Today. Click like, Who's who's messing with me this morning? So I called uh, my agent Joe and Joe's at the gym. Yeah. yeah they just called me, congratulations. So I'm like, all right, so she's gonna call me back. I had to get my um, I had already filled out my my, my passport had expired. Oh, no. a couple of months before but it's cool because what happens is uh production all they need to do is email the federal department i go over with proper id all that kind of stuff i already filled out my uh the uh the paperwork and i had just like a week before took new photos for my passport so it was expedited very quickly all right so a pretty cool part to have. <laughs> yeah i i left i left friday morning got there Saturday evening did hair wardrobe the whole nine yards uh, that day had one day to uh, basically rest and prepare and I was on that bridge shooting that scene that morning at 5 a.m in the morning so it was it was it was quite interesting but you're in the mix now you know so the only thing to do is just to go through it so, uh, uh, the thing with Badlands is there's not a lot, there was not a lot of, uh, we don't do like rehearse fight scenes a day before, two days before. You watch what Master Didi puts in front of you. You watch uh, your stunt performer and Daniel's stunt performer do it, and then we pair off with our particular stunt performers mm-hmm. for about, so maybe you get, on the average, you get about 25, 30 minutes. That's it so that's it that's it oh so God. because I mean all those guys are just professionals to the end I mean you get, you're talking about the Matrix you're talking about you know, just, just you keep going and keep going and keep going and kill Bill and you, you know these mm-hmm. things and when you have actors that can actually perform if it's not too dangerous perform it like you know, Daniel loves to perform his his own stuff except for he won't do too much crazy wire work right mm-hmm. uh, a lot of us didn't but a lot of like Lewis can't, he doesn't care. Lewis would just, does everything. So, um, so basically, uh, I was standing on that bridge, wanted the choreography, and we went at it. And that particular fight scene took, um, because there's two units, there's a fight unit and a drama unit, that particular fight scene took uh, six, seven days to do, because we had to, you know, we shot it, went back, we shot, they shot everything but they wanted to get more angles and, you know, a higher angle, this, that, and the third. And then we had to do the whole thing. When I uh, take the sword, take the sword and pop it and it goes into the guy's throat. So, you know, we had to go back and redo that because they had to visually put that in. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, that was very interesting. Everyone was so uh, warm and inviting. And uh, later on that week, we were all hanging out it was someone's birthday and we were all just hanging out and Daniel leans over to him and he goes, you know, we offered this to, uh, Wesley Snipes. I'm like, what? I about this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a Wesley fan, man. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure this out. Why would he turn it down? And, uh, I just couldn't come to the, any conclusions because I know he was just coming off of a television show for NBC. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, you know, I'm a Wesley fan and, uh, you know, he passed on it. So, you know, there it is. I'm standing right there. Yeah, cheers. Uh, you know, and it's the same thing. I pass on something. Some other actor gets the gig or whatever. But you don't feel, you know, I should have took that gig kind of thing because what's yours is yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I truly feel that. Uh, but it was uh, that episode, because they shoot shooting blocks, that episode takes, uh, it took a month and a half to shoot that particular episode. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um You know, it was cool to be there, but when I was standing on that bridge, it was just like, okay, you're in the game now. It's like, you know, when I played my first professional football game, you walk on the field and go, you're in the game now. Same thing with college, same thing with high school. You know, when you're starting, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, when you're playing your first uh, Pop Warner game, you go, oh, I'm in it now, kind of thing. So uh, it was fun to do. Uh, I had to, uh, you know, since there's two units uh, you know, when you're on fight unit, you're, you're fighting all day, so that's a play day for you. And then when you go do drama unit, then, you know, for me, both were serious, mm-hmm. but, you know, I consider myself an actor, an actor's actor. I do consider myself an actor's actor because, uh, you know, if you learn your trade, then basically uh, that's what you are. It's just not one thing or the other. Not for me, and um, it was very educational, very hard to do, because you have two full crews, and when you're working on a show like Badlands or Stranger Things, the minute you walk on the set, right, you know when you start talking to crew members and even craft service, uh, they you know they know they have something special, if everybody's working their tail off and once you see that once i saw that with Badlands, i'm like okay i can't mess around you know these people are working their tail off every day to bring a really cool product to life because we can't let down the fans so yeah i mean i mean it's a long explanation but you know it was crazy it was crazy in the beat across from daniel and nick frost you know <laughs> it was just bananas so uh Hats off to those
0: guys. I feel like Maybe I just... kind of look like Nick Frost today, so you, you I guess do, that. Man. you do, you do. <laughs> but I think it's crazy that within 24 hours of 24 being hours. being told, "Hey, you're we want you to come," you were already shooting. Like, I don't even know how you would process something like that. You you don't, you know.
1: I got on the airplane and um, you know I just started going through the script and making notes and just finding. That character, Nathaniel Moon, was so me, it was so easy to put that guy on because of what I was going through because, it, like I said, it was a, a really tremendous <laughs> um, okay. yeah. uh, pilot season that time and I was just burnt out so I kind of like sequestered myself from everybody because I had to do all this stuff. And it was easy to fall into Nathaniel because of the simple fact that he has sequestered himself because of what he was going through. Mm-hmm. So I always use what's personal to me as an actor in order to, bring, to have real behavior, you know, to find things out about myself. So um, that was quite interesting. I learned, learned a lot about myself and where I was as a person, who I am as a man. And uh, I really, really, those are the kind of roles that I'm gravitated to. I can't just do an acting job because it's an acting job. It's got to be something that I can, you know, I can put on that suit and let the behavior of that that particular character shine through me. And uh, I was saying this in the interview a couple of days ago. I always let the character evaluate me and what that is is I let the character ask me specific questions about what have I been through in my life to get that particular character off the page. And then therefore we go on from there. The dialogue becomes easier,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you know, memorizing everything becomes easier and then behavior starts to fall in place. And then before you know it, you're, you're able to do that guy all the time. And, no matter what they throw at you you're able to be in that character and it's just surprising that these emotions and these behavior patterns start coming up that are you that you don't notice every day but i'm loaning it to this this (laughs) other individual so it's cool
0: well and i mean if i really didn't know any better the way the amount of you you put into that role it almost seems like they wrote the character off of you instead of the other way around because you're right. Yeah, you just embody that character, and anyone who watched you on screen, you know that introduction, the bridge, and then the fight with you know Daniel. It's insane yeah. how yeah. good that looks yeah. It doesn't yeah. look like a David versus Goliath, even though you are quite a bit bigger than him. At least the like you said angles yeah. shutter speed yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think
1: I think Daniel has, uh, he's almost a, an inch taller than me. Uh, and um, I think he did come in a little heavier, not much. Not, I mean, not heavier as fat, but muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was season one. He came in with a lot of muscle mass. I remember speaking to him, talking to him one day. And he leaned down because, you know, you have to balance and you have to move.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And. You're going to lose that muscle mass anyway because you're running around, you're sweating in your costume all day long, even <laughs> when it's cold as. You can yeah. say whatever. You can say it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, even when you're cold, is as hell, which we know hell isn't cold. Uh, it was, uh, you got to be able to move in that costume. And um, I got to say, uh, uh, Giovanni Lepari basically designed those things to keep us warm, but they were flexible and movable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And they were, it, it was none of that stuff was cheap material. If it no, was supposed to be some kind of animal hair, it was animal hair. If it was supposed to be silk, it was freaking silk. <laughs> it was Italian leather. You know, I'm like, dude, I'm gonna take this back to LA and roll down Melrose. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm taking everything home.
0: <laughs> well, I, I wanted to ask, but you brought it up. Oh Did- yeah, oh, I, I got stuff. Okay, trust me. That's all. Oh, they were like,
1: <laughs> they were like, do you want this? I don't want that, but I want that. Yeah. You know, So. You know, I got the sword sitting over there.
0: Oh my God, uh, you do!
1: One of the yeah, I have one of this one of the one of the, uh, the moon swords over there. Oh, my and God. Uh, you know, every now and then I'll stand on the balcony and I'll you know, okay, hey, what's up?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what's up, I'm, neighbors? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. If I walked out of my house and I saw you <laughs> with a Chinese five ring, <laughs> yeah,
1: Chinese five ring broadsword swinging it, you know, like hey, good morning, Sherm, good I'd morning. I'd be like. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no that's but a it's, good. it's,
1: it's, it's a fun thing, man. And um, it was interesting because I didn't have any weapon experience mm-hmm. other than basic, you know, extremist sticks. Uh, but everything else, uh, you know, my background is Taekwondo and Kutsu. And, uh, you know, it's Wushu on the show. So that was uh, an adjustment,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, because a lot of times... Callie or someone, you know, will come over to me and go, oh, Master Didi didn't like that. It was too Taekwondo. I'm like, man, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, come on. No, he wants you to, you know, present it more, you know. So I'm like, ah,
0: all right, you know, okay. Well, and that was that was a question too, you know, being, you know, you're not just somebody who dabbles in Taekwondo, you know. Yeah. From what I could see is second degree black belt. There's yeah. No, like, understatement of that. So was it hard Like you were just saying, was it hard to have moments where you're like, well, I'd rather do this or this movement really doesn't work, but this one does?
1: Yeah, you know, it it was it was hard uh, for me uh, a lot of times because they wanted it specific. They wanted the movement, you know, very specific. So every now and then, you know, when it came to punching or something like that, I was able to do more rigid hard to show you know to show the power at the end of it Mm -hmm. uh it wasn't like boom you know come back it was it was more like you know setting up and sticking it and then bringing it back really slowly so um that was that was interesting but again you know it was something that I had to adapt to Mm -hmm. so I never said anything about it maybe once or twice I may have you know said something but I was just like look dude I'm here I'll just get it done and you know what I, I had one of my masters years ago uh, tell me, and even, you know, Bruce Lee spoke about that. You know, if you're learning a new discipline, you have to unlearn everything else. And it's hard to, because ego and all these other things come involved. I'm a black belt in X, Y, Z, right? Yeah, well, you're not a black belt in this or that. So that's why it's 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 always good to open yourself up to other things, but, uh, and you learn a lot. I mean, those guys, the guys... And the women on uh, Badlands are the best in the world, period. Mm-hmm. And I see that V-Dan just finished uh, Cyberpunk. Um, and uh, V-Dan worked with me a lot uh, season two. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just finished Cyberpunk. And he brought Andy Long came over and uh, did something on that. And there's a good clip of Andy Long uh, fighting Keanu. Uh, inside oh my god it's just like oh dude it was just like i'm like oh and so you're working with these guys every day mm-hmm. you know and they're the best in the world and uh, a little story about andy and, and the guys uh, somehow jackie chan saw some of their stuff mm-hmm. and you know showed up on their doorstep knocked on their door hi i'm jackie chan and i want you guys to come direct this commercial yeah like that <laughs> like that, <laughs> like that.
0: You know what? I thought so, Broadsword on the Balcony was number one. No, Jackie Chan <laughs> showing up at the front. Yeah, door.
1: yeah. And you know, Jackie Chan used to be Daniel Wu's manager. So Whoa. I mean, I was just like, and he told me how that went down. He was at a party, and he was in school to be a uh, architect. And uh, you know, he said, "Hey, you want to act?" I said, "Yeah, okay, sure, all right." Wow. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. that easy though, just like. Met at a party, hey. Yeah, you know, it's just being in the right place at the right time, you know, and um, if you're willing to come out of your comfort zone and step out on faith to learn something new. Uh, and that's what my mother kept saying to me, you know, it's just like kind of frustrated, and she was like, just step out on faith and just do it. So, you know, 24 hours later, you know, what, 48 hours later, I was standing on that bridge, and I just had to let it, let it go. Huh.
0: So any kids watching, don't start singing that song please uh, yeah, don't yeah it. yeah
1: exactly exactly <laughs> well exactly
0: and i love you know learning more about you and finding out about the black belt part of it because you are a martial artist you aren't just yeah. an actor you aren't just a former football player um, which by the way trying to find any of your football history is very difficult on the internet good <laughs> good good cuz my career if you
1: blinked that was my career you know But I I do have to say that football did open up a lot of doors for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But then again, you know, when I stopped playing, I was like two twenty-five, so I had to just slim back a lot. And um, I remember I was like, okay, I kind of missed the, I missed the the camaraderie. I miss slamming into somebody, and you know, taking people's heads off, and I just (laughs) miss all that. So um, I had did a film. In Texas, I did two films back to back in Texas—one in Dallas and one in Houston—and the first film uh, was uh, a film called Kangaroo, which will never see the light of day. And <laughs> those are the best Tiny, ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Tiny Lister, who just died mm. uh, last week, was was in that with me. You know, he's a grew up here in L.A. with me. We actually grew up in Compton, but we knew each other from football and everything. And then we both got into the business at the same time. Uh, Yeah. And uh, I had to work with uh, this Taekwondo master and did well enough to get an honorary black belt. And uh, the next film, I came home for two weeks and went to Houston. No, went to Dallas to shoot this other film. Mm -hmm. And uh, Philip Tan uh lewis tan's dad was Mm -hmm. the fight stunt coordinator on that so we did a rehearsal the day before we shot while myself boyd blake and uh and philip and he just said look dude you would be good at this so (laughs) you should do it so then i took it to heart and got back to la and just kept going and that was what
0: 13 years ago something like that i don't 23. know 23 excuse I, me Sorry, i
1: remember man. i remember in that class when i first started training with master jan it was me moses jesus was in there jesus was there for a little bit he was he was he was in that class he got his black belt i'm just playing <laughs> <laughs> it was so long ago yeah
0: well and that's crazy just because i kind of wanted to touch on that the ego aspect because i trained yeah. jujitsu. Um, wow. one of my professors same thing you know he's a black belt and BJJ, But when he went to other, you know, forms, he's like, you had to check that ego at the door. You, you, could, not, to... you could not walk in there and go, I'm a black belt at this. I'll be a black belt at this. Um, and the same thing with one of the, you know, one of my, my training partners, Miguel, same exact thing. He's a black belt in Taekwondo, came into jujitsu, and he's like, took the black belt off. He's like, put on a white belt. Let's start from the beginning. And Yeah. You can see it sometimes when he's rolling where it's that Taekwondo brain will try to kick in and he'll be able to incorporate something from it into Jiu Jitsu. But yeah. martial yeah. art as a whole, like like you said, you know, I think it was about probably twenty years ago we'll say for, for you. That's a long time to be involved in it, but to really master and understand that it's not just about the body mechanics, it's not just about no. the skill set, it's no. the ego. It's your ego, and I, another thing about that. I mean, I'm pretty sure you've seen somebody walk
1: into the dojo or dojane, and basically, you know, coming with this whole "I'm a whoop ass" kind of attitude, and then somebody in there whoops their ass, mm-hmm. right? Or even, you know, the master whoops their ass, and I've seen that a lot. Mm-hmm. And those guys don't come back. No, they don't come back because they got checked. And I'll you know, run into a guy, or some, some some somebody like that on the streets, and, you know, we'll have a conversation about that, and I'm like, you know, dude, when you came in, basically, you have this attitude, and you may have a third degree degree in XYZ over here, but when you came in, we all noticed the attitude, like, you were just going to come in and serve everybody, and, you know, once you got around to Master Park, or Master Gen, when you got served, it was like we tried to tell you, mm-hmm. you know, don't do that. I, it was one time, I we were training, uh, this is when I moved on to Master Park and um, we were training one day, we were sparring, it was on Friday, uh, the noon class and Taka, who was the second degree black belt, (laughs) (laughs) we we all had to do rounds, (laughs) we all had to do rounds with Master Park and so, and so, he had already caught me with a spinning wheel kick so I'm like, okay, cool, so it was Taka's turn so Taka did something and he did a it was beautiful. He did a block and they did a trap and then he hit Master Park right in the solar plex, right? Knocked the wind out of him. And he went running around the ring going, Two years, two years. It took him two years to get him back for something he did two years ago. <laughs> and we were all we were all on the side going, Taka no right. So once he regained his, his composure, he said, Okay. Who's next? <laughs> so we were all, and so he went through all of us, even the girls. He just served us all oh an ass that day. We were all ah, ah, right. It was because, and we were trying to tell Taka. So then we had to do like two on one sparring, and so when we sparred with Taka. We just we got his ass real good. <laughs> we got it. It was no technique. We just ran tapping him. and was like, don't you ever, don't you ever, don't you ever? It's like he was like, okay, okay, okay. You know, you oh. just don't do that. And I've seen guys get the shit kicked out of them because uh, the guy may have been a black belt sparring with a red belt or a green belt and actually hurt that person, right? So you're like, okay, all right, cool. You know, you got to spar with me now. Yeah. And then it's just it's just that whole thing. And um, there was this one black belt one time. He just had no control on his kicks. And I was shooting a commercial with Brian Cranston that Friday. This was on a Wednesday night. And there was supposed to be no kicking to the face. So I saw the kick and I'm like, is he actually kicking me in my face? And he got me. And my immediate reaction was just to go completely left on this guy. But I held my composure, bowed, gave him a hug. and But I got him the following week.
2: Uh,
1: <laughs> I got his ass good. And that particular day, he did break his arm. On his own, we were working on tumbling.
0: Oh, I'm like, and Yeah. Well, yeah, you didn't we, say he someone worked, broke his arm. You said he, he broke his arm. He so. broke <laughs> his arm. Yeah, he broke his arm.
1: So we had already served his ass up a good ass whooping that night. And uh, we started working on tumbling and falling. And he didn't tumble correctly and broke his arm. And we were like, hmm, pay back some mother scripture, ain't it, homie? <laughs>
0: and I, so. I it is a and you know it is a a thing to go in there because years ago when i had first started i i stepped away for a while because i rolled with somebody who was greener than me mm-hmm. you know i've been following mma for at this point 5 probably 4 or 5 years and so i have an understanding of the sport which i realized at that time i was wrong cuz just mm-hmm. because you watch it and you can see what's going on does not mean the same as the body mechanics no no and he caught me in an arm bar and i felt my elbow pop and i was like okay wow. that you know and i i ran ran out of there i was like okay no 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 we're not we're not doing this um you know i jump in every now and then and i just i couldn't stay away you know and last year i was finally able to get to a point where i'm like i have a job that allows me to do this i was like i have yeah. the, i have the hours to do it and i have you know the most amazing dojo family to support me Um, Right Little did I know that in that same time My now 5 year old nephew would start training When he was 3 He's 30 pounds at 5 years old He's very very tiny He competed for the first time last weekend And got second place That's awesome And I went But it's brought like My mom, my grandma So at the competition it's me So my, my little sister, my nephew, my grandma, my mom So it like brought the whole family together So I realized, like, I I couldn't have imagined a year ago, a year and a half ago, that that would have started to happen. Right. Um, so it really, you know, most people just think it's self-defense, but there's so much more to it. No,
1: no the, the benefit of it is camaraderie, number one. Uh, but also, it's not about, okay, I can save myself in a street fight or whatever the case may be. I, Master Park will always say, remember your training. And the reason why he says that all the time is because uh one of one of our uh black belt friends fell off a ladder mm. and as she was falling she just said I just remember my training so it was a backfall so all she did was prepare herself for a backfall and she looked at her belt line and just went bow no problems right and how many times have we just tripped and failed you know the other day I was at the gas station Slipped on something. I'm like, oh, I'm not going down. No, 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 I'm not going to down. And then so I went down, and stupid me, I was trying to, I was on the, the pump island thing, going over the uh, 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 the nozzle holes, <laughs> and uh, and I had a gas can in my hand because I was putting gonna put gas in my Z uh, here back at the house because I just got it back, and uh, I'm going over the thing by the, by, my Porsche and I slipped on some I don't know what the fuck was on the ground and I slipped and was you know tumbling I'm just tumbling like oh everybody's watching everybody's watching everybody's watching and all I did was just take a perfect roll and rolled and popped up with the gas can in my hand like it was nothing and it brought back memories of when I worked at this theater years and years and years and years ago in high school I worked at this theater and I saw a kid fall down the stairs with his nachos in his hand And he did not lose one nacho. And he jumped up. He goes, didn't lose my nachos. And I'm like, so when that happened, I'm like, hey. I didn't myself up. So it was so funny. And and this other guy was like, yo, man, I fell at the gas station last week. Welcome to the club. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, buddy. That was a trip. I will not do that again. Well, that was literally a trip. <laughs> it was literally a trip. You know, yeah, because I had on some Chuck Taylors, and I slipped on something and just went down. So.
0: But it was quite funny. So I got goosebumps when you just told that story about the girl falling off a ladder. Because yeah. this morning, because I had class this morning, our professor, earlier in the week, fell off a house during his job. And he uh, literally said, as he was falling, looked down at his belt line, did the backfall and he's in their training. He fell off yeah. the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
1: you know, when I, when I think about that, I always think about remember your training, remember your training. And it doesn't mean, you know, you're in the fight on how to you know defend yourself, take a gun away from somebody or whatever. Mm. It, it, it means like, you know, if you slip and fall, um, everything, you know, your reaction time in, in, in your car, whatever it is, you just remember your training. Mm-hmm. And that's all it takes. Just remember your training and your alone, your your situation awareness. Also, it's just your training. You know, just remember where you are. You know, you know, if, you know, if uh, you're at a at a, at a uh, ATM or uh, how's the surface, which I should have remembered the other day. How's the surface? Where am I going to step if something happens? You know, uh, what's behind me? If somebody steps up on me, what's behind me? What's inside of me? Because it's just feet work. It's just training. It's just a feet work. You know, you can avoid all kind of stuff and just take off. You don't need to be like, yeah, come on. You can just, you know, avoid that and just book if you can. Absolutely. So, you know.
0: And that applies to everything. I mean, just yeah. look at driving. You know, so yeah. many people are worried about what someone else is going to do. I'm like, no, focus on what you need to do. What you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that changes everything. So,
1: Yeah, guys on motorcycle. A buddy of mine fell on this motorcycle. did the same thing. Remembered his training. Just said, oh, well, I got a helmet on. I'll use, I'll do a shoulder roll, but I'll use some of this because I got a helmet on. Roll popped up it's like back on his bike. Now I got to get my bike painted. I'm like, oh, dude, but you're all right.
2: Yeah,
0: nothing's wrong with me. So you I, you know. I'll, I'll say this and I won't say for who, but I handle motorcycle claims for an insurance company. So I. Oh,
1: hey. I deal with that stuff.
0: But I'll I'll talk to people and I'll be like car versus motorcycle and you're able to talk to me. You're doing all right. Awesome. You're doing awesome. all right. You're doing good. Yeah so uh, I understand that completely so you know we talked about like I said the martial arts part of it is still fascinating to me because you aren't just somebody who picked it up because of the show you know you came into the show with an established martial art you know and the guys that you work with like you said not just the masters but people like Daniel Wu and Louis Tan Um, I don't know I can't remember and I hate myself for this if you ever got to work with Kung Lee who was actually an MMA fighter? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah. I we we didn't work together, uh, but we we did a lot of training together because, you know, even when you're shooting, we still have fight camps
2: mm-hmm.
1: on the weekend. I mean, you can be dog tired from working all week, but you know, like Saturday mornings, uh, or during the week when you're not working, we would hold a fight camp and we would go on. And that way, you stay loose, and you know, you're prepared for whenever you're you're going to work again because you will get tired and sore. And muscles do get tight. And Kong is 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 a gentleman, a gentleman. I was Absolutely. hoping. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a gentleman. So yeah, we we did a couple of fight camps together, and uh, it was always uh, myself, Ali, and Vidan, and Kong, and and Daniel. You know, uh, season two, mm-hmm. uh, season three. Uh, Matt Lucas was with us, and Matt Lucas is responsible for getting Daniel prepared and ready mm-hmm. for season one. Uh, because Daniel would tell me, Man, I was all just beat up, this, that, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, Matt is the sweetest, nicest individual in the world, <laughs> but he can kill you with a toothpick, he's that <laughs> dangerous. Is his last okay. name Wick? Huh? <laughs> I think he would uh, he would fuck John Wick up, you, <laughs> you know. But he would probably like him and John Wick would have a great conversation. Uh, but uh, Matt uh, kept us nice and loose, and uh, kept us healthy for a year, season three. You know it, that's really hard to do. And you know we would do we did two weeks of fight camp before shooting, and then. Once or twice a week, during the week, we would do a fight camp. I mean, you would work out on your own, but with Matt's workouts, Matt will work you off for four hours. (laughs) You're done. And it's just, we would do a lot of combat yoga to, you know, get your body back. And it it was, we would do the same exercises that they used to teach uh, the ancient ancient samurai. Hmm. And very interesting, Uh, a lot of stress positions, but... I got to tell you, working with Matt, we were all just ripped up, like <laughs> crazy. So I know Aramis Knight and Daniel are. Well, this week they were up there working with Matt because they're both they both got something they, they got coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I think Aramis Aramis is going to be doing uh, Miss Marvel. I think.
2: Ooh. So
1: he's playing he's playing a character that you know is just you know doing all the stuff. So. Uh, he's working with Matt again, and um, next time I get a chance, I'm going to go up to the day area and work out with him. And his knowledge is just so extensive on just, you know, replacing, you know, muscle fibers and getting you uh, loose and prepared. And, you know, what I mean by muscle fibers, like just making sure that you're getting nutrition to certain areas that you're lacking. Like if you have a shoulder problem, uh, we will work on certain uh, exercises so, you know, you can, you know, do certain things with your shoulders and move certain ways again without, okay, I gotta throw, I gotta throw a left. Okay. You know. it's so it's just like, oh man, everything's working perfectly. This is great. <laughs> so it, it was, it was interesting. It was
0: interesting. So hats off to Matt Lucas. Love that Matt. For sure. You look like a boxer when you were, like throwing (laughs) (laughs) nice and tight there
1: Ah, ah,
0: listen i'm i love watching some of the old boxing because i never really appreciated it until recently um you know because boxing a lot of the times nowadays there's a lot of hugging there's not a lot of technique behind it and i don't mean any disrespect to any of them but it was like then i started watching you know deontay wilder and tyson fury and you're going holy shit yeah. like yeah you know and then yeah. you go back and we'd watch like the old ali fights yeah you know his battles with joe frazier you know some of his other ones that are lesser known that he literally had to come back so sorry yeah. that that was on a side tangent there but
1: <laughs> yeah I, you know i've always been a, a roy jones uh fan
0: uh was a tyson fan
1: uh, although it got to a point where Tyson fights were ending too damn quickly yep uh, and I not remember good that for pay-per-view one punch, yeah and i remember that one punch that uh roy on you know, i forgot the guy but it was like it was a straight out one punch bell rang came out got the guy right in the kidney and the guy went down it was just over and always uh mayweather fan you know may floyd talked a lot of smack but you know i like the way he avoids with wouldn't the avoid head movement, punches yeah. yeah you know and just just roll out of the way with that shoulder and then I'm thinking about it as a martial artist I'm thinking about what if you're fighting someone like that uh, w- what do you do because you're burning you're consuming a lot of energy you're consuming a lot of energy trying to swing on somebody and and, and make contact and you know that person's able to get out of the way all the time and I, I think for me the, the one thing that's key is just use your jab Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a boring fight, it's just going to be a boring fight. You know, but I'm just jab, jab, jab until I catch
0: him coming back. You know, and then unload. Um, Lots of faints. Quite interesting. Faints yeah. at that point because yeah. Well, we watched we watched that Tyson Roy Jones. I I oh I I didn't watch it. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I no, had to. Yeah, no, no. it's the same reason I watched Mayweather and the other guy whose name I'm not even oh. going to say because he doesn't oh. deserve. The extra recognition.
1: Now, we were we were in Dublin at that time when that fight happened. Oh my we all god! Went, we we, went, we all went over to Daniel's house, and that whole week, every guy, every dude in Ireland was like, "Fuck the neighbors. you know? Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> cool, man, cool, all right, cool. And uh yeah, that that fight was uh, was interesting, and uh, I remember the other guy uh, had a bunch of some trouble that happened in in Dublin. One day, something something went down. It was not too far from where I was living. I'm like, "Why are the cops going by?" So you know, because you never see that in Ireland, you, 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 you. right? And it's like, "Oh, so that's what happened the other night." He, you know, got into argument with somebody at a pub. Okay. Oh yeah, the old guy.
0: Damn. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, shout out so if crazy. that if that guy ever watches this show. Shout out to that guy for taking a solid punch and not even moving. Just being <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah, okay. Exactly. Let me go back exactly. to drinking my drink.
1: It, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean seriously, I saw this little 5-foot nothing blonde girl put her boyfriend on his ass <laughs> one night and we I was heading home. We had all went out one Saturday night and I was heading back to my house and um I stopped in to to Starbucks and to get a coffee, and I walk out and I see this couple across the street by the park arguing. She's like, "I told you, I told you, if, if you ever bring that bitch around me again, i was gonna fucking kick your ass, right?" And so he kept trying to hug her. And she said, "Don't <laughs> fucking touch me, don't fuck right." And it was beautiful. She had the best skills I've ever seen, even in a from a guy, right? Because <laughs> she was underneath him, and it was just like it was just like she was. Like how Tyson used to get underneath people, she was right underneath him, and she was right here. And she, as she threw her right, she leaned out the way and caught him right here, and she just went bow and, and came back and set up and, and squared went, back up. Caduce, right? And so I'm, I'm standing next to the guy who's, who's like security at Starbucks, and I go, Bleh! and I, I was just just. You know, it was just crazy, and I got coffee all over me because she oh knocked god. this guy, her boyfriend, on his ass, and she said, "I told you, didn't I? I told you, I told you, it's gonna fucking kick your ass." I'm like, "Oh my god, Irish women, yes, yes, they
0: will go to war with you." I knew what it you were so gonna funny. say, and I almost spit out my water. <laughs> so I'm glad I that. She didn't. Said, I was told you I was gonna put you on your fucking ass there. I was like, "Oh
1: snap." And she was in heels and everything. It was just perfect. She just got underneath him, and she just went like this, and she just came straight up and just, wow, brought it back. I'm like, oh, somebody need to be. Oh, my God. She's got to be a boxer. Yeah. She's got to be. Because you could, you it, don't just learn that. No, no. It was, she was just right. I told you. And he went to hug her. She goes, no. Clap. And he went, kadush. Why did you do that? I told you. I told you. And we were <laughs> cracking
0: up. <laughs> It was funny It was so funny Well, we, we've we talked about on the show I've thrown two punches in my whole life Yeah uh, One of them missed And uh, the other one, it was like 10th grade Wow And, uh, yeah I, I was never into sports I was never into like physical yeah. Yeah. You know, I was a band kid I was a musician So I thought that was Nothing wrong cool, with
1: that, man Nothing You know, photography
0: I was into anything yeah. that didn't get me hit Yeah Exactly, And I remember I was on the bus and the girl I was dating at the time, we were dating for like two weeks, broke up with me. And all the kids on the bus were making fun of me. And this one kid just kept going and egging and egging and egging and egging. And I was like, I get up to him and I walk up to him and I go, and my hand opens before the punch lands. Just opens right in his face. And I looked in my hand and I looked at him and I said, Guess you're not worth it. And I went and sat back down like a lunatic. <laughs> like it was like nothing had ever happened. So, uh, punching, not my forte.
1: So... Well, you know, that's, that's another thing as far as martial arts concerned. There's a way to always de escalate a situation just by looking at someone,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and in the tone of your voice, just by doing that. And unless that person know, I should not be fucking with this person right now. No matter if it's hot. I mean, you, you. why am I arguing with you? Why am I going to argue with you? Because if we get into a conversation, I mean, a, a confrontation physically, then all bets are off. So I'm going to speak to you so you can understand what I'm saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm going to look at you like, I'm going to eat your head. <laughs> okay. I'm not gonna fight you. I'm gonna eat your head. I'm gonna be wearing your head as a hat when we're done. So let's just let's just walk call away. It even. Yeah. And let's just walk away because and it you know it it it's it, it like that sometimes. Um you know, a neighbor of mine was having an argument with two guys uh one day and uh actually I was leaving the next day to go back to Detroit to To resume filming on uh, *Low Winter Sun*, and um, so they were like, "You can come down here too." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, me? Me? Okay. I'll be I'll be right down." Okay. <laughs> so I I happened to have on one of uh, Master Park's shirt shirts, and I cut the sleeves off, and you know, it had my rank and my name on it and everything in the school. And I walk across the street, and the guy, you know, he's about 6'8", six, 6'6", six, six. he walks up on me, and I'm like, dude, come on, man, I'm not going to fight you, I'm not going to fight you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you, so you better be prepared to kill me. So we all stood there, we had conversations, then it de-escalated, and then it got cool, and he said, man, do you train with Master Park? I'm like, yeah, he goes, okay, I'm glad we didn't fight because I trained with him for about three or four months, and it was some of the hardest training I ever did in my life, because he was all about cardio, 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 steps, do this, do that, do that, all this kind of stuff, before we even got to doing anything else. Mm -hmm. So uh, he was like, yo, his cardio is crazy. That's why I moved on, because we were doing more cardio than everything else. But um, it was like that. For the places I train at, were not belt factories.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and people you know, need to understand that is we're staying in the business because I'm giving you a belt, giving you a belt, I'm giving you a belt. No, 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 no. not belt factories. Uh, the average to get your black belt. On the average, it should take three, maybe four years
2: mm-hmm.
1: to get your black belt. <clears throat> it was almost five years before we started getting black belts. Because he would tell you, we had to learn not only Taekwondo forms, but kutsu forms. So by the time you get to your black belt uh, with both forms, that's 16, 17 forms right there. And plus, you know, your, your hand techniques, your one-step sparring, um, your falling techniques, your breaking techniques you know, on and on. And you go on from breaking boards to breaking certain bricks and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was, it was in, you know, spinning wheel, spinning wheel brakes. You know, if you didn't do a certain break, you didn't get your belt that day. You know, later on the next week or whatever, it goes, okay, come up here. <clears throat> Somebody's got to hold the brake, I mean, hold the, uh, the board and you have to do, I know for your, for the black belt, you have to do, Spinning wheel—you had to do a spinning wheel kick and break two boards, Jeez. and also you had to do a double jumping front kick and break the board. So you couldn't just break one and get <clears> you <throat> You had to do both. So it was—it was crazy. It wasn't a bell factor. So I'll say that much.
0: It wasn't a bell factor. No, and that's—that's that's what people need to understand is that they're—they're they're out there. You know, it's yeah. an unfortunate, and it becomes very apparent. And I feel like as yeah. a martial artist, you know accepting something that you didn't earn um shouldn't happen yeah you know, and i know like i got my blue belt six months ago and mm-hmm. i didn't think i was gonna get it because with covid shutdowns mm-hmm. you know we weren't yeah, training yeah i was like no way and my professor and i have known each other for the better part of almost a decade at this point you know he knows me personally he knows my family like really knows us And I remember him calling me up, and he looked at me, and he pulled me in close, and he said, you're going to grow into this. He goes, I almost wasn't going to give it to you. He goes, but you did some things in the last two weeks. Changed my mind. Right. And one of the brown belts pulled me in, and he goes, don't you fucking quit on us now. We've put too much work into you. It's hard work. For you to quit. and Because so many people quit when they get a blue belt. They get the blue belt, and they go, okay, I accomplished something. You know, for me, I'm looking for three years from now getting a purple belt, three right. to four years from there getting a brown belt, however long it takes to get to that point, because mm-hmm. it is something I love. And we talked about the discipline, the ego, but it's one of those things where you can walk into the mat after the worst day of your life, the mm-hmm. absolute worst day of your life. And when you leave there, you forget what you were upset about. Right. Just... Because you have you, you, every day that you train, you should learn a
1: little bit more about yourself and also the technique that you're doing. And I always looked at it as another form of Mm cross-training, you know, uh, and another form of of preparing myself for the long run, because as an actor, I knew that this is just an uh, extra bonus. Mm -hmm. So when Badlands did come around, I already had it. Yeah. You know, and it was it was quite it was quite funny because a couple of years before that, um, I did this this wacky film called The Farner with Steven Seagal. And I, I had to fight Steven Seagal. And
0: oh <laughs> and you, was you trained out of somewhere where that used to be his, too, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. The studio, Master Park. Studio was 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 Steven's studio.
0: Full circle, and man. Full circle.
1: Full, yeah, it's like you know. There's a saying. There's only four living rooms in Hollywood. So, <laughs> uh, and, you know, Stephen got a kick out of that. But yeah, man, very interesting. Very, very, very interesting. I, very interesting. I
0: can't even imagine and, what that was like. You know, I
1: went through. I went through all these weeks of just, you know, I'm, I'm going to do all this, and I'm, you know, I'm going to kutsu off. The, I'm going <clears> to <throat> run and hit the wall and jump off and do a roundhouse. It was none of that shit. <laughs> none, of, none of none of the shit that we do on balance. It was none of that. We just said, look, we're going to stand right here. We're going to one step spar. That's real shit. And I was like, okay, because that's what happens. You yep. know, you're not going to be doing all this fancy, fancy stuff. Uh, we're going to stand right here in the box. And, you know, it's one of those things to where, um, you go, okay. So I didn't look at it as a form of, of me being in the mix with him and all this and that kind of stuff. It was like, all right, what can I learn from this? You know, what can I, what can I really take away from this if I had to fight somebody like this? Mm -hmm. So, um. And I learned something very valuable. It was one thing I did learn was um, when you see action fights and all these things, if they're swinging, you know, swinging wild and they're blocking this and that kind of of stuff, I always find it better if you go back to one step sparring where, you know, you're doing uh, your, if you have to pair off with somebody for testing, uh, Master Park. Will always say aim for the nose. And that was the first thing that Steven said. He goes, No, 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 man. What you want to do is aim straight for my nose. Therefore, it's easier for me to, you know, to block and trap or whatever. And it's it's better. So even even if the even if the person you're fighting with is a novice and they, they have to punch at you and you have to react and do certain things, I always tell them that aim right here. If I don't get out the way, it's my nose. Fine. <laughs> Bump it. But it's, it makes it easier and it makes the action a lot better. Even when you're kicking, swinging, you know, get, you know just come around and look straight for that nose. Because it's easier for them to react. So, yeah,
0: you know, it's, it's it's a trick. No, it, and it's something now I'm going to be looking at, like to how to incorporate that into something.
2: Right. Uh, right,
0: right. You know, we're not throwing strikes, but at the same time, accidents happen. I took a knee a couple weeks ago to the head right here. I thought yeah. for sure my head was going to be all bruised, oh, nothing, and I went, all right. This morning, I took an elbow to the jaw, and I'm like, no, 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 we're good. Very resilient. Yeah. <laughs> it's the beard. It's what yeah, I have yeah, left yeah. of it anyways. But Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, one of the things I, I kind of glanced over going back to Badlands, just because I could literally talk to you all day about it, that and martial right. arts at this point, is obviously in the first episode, you got your hand cut off. Yeah. Um yeah. you even look painful about that. Like it wasn't even your hand, but you look like. I will we tell you why it was painful. All right. So what they had to
1: do? They had to pin my uh, <laughs> They had to pin my right arm behind my back. Okay. And it was back there for a couple of hours <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, <laughs> do and you can you imagine going to use the restroom and you're trying to do everything in one hand? And say, hey, let me help you. No, no, nope, I got nope, this. I got, yeah, it. I got it. I got it. So uh, that was interesting, and I knew coming back that I was going to get this prosthetic hand, but I just, I just had to exp- just the most extreme confident that they were going to give me the dark Vader articulating rotating hand. No such thing. So nope. Nope. I, I had to get this, uh, it went through variations. The the whole hand thing went through variations of, of different prototypes. And they, they finally came up with a uh, gauntlet and a hand that looks so real. And basically I had to put on this glove that had the fingers. And then I had to do this other attachment for uh, both the backhand and the palm. And it clicked on. And it was formed to my hand because I had to take a cast of it. You know huh. but it was painful and you know i could only move a little bit because i, I needed the articulation to do this so the blade can come out mm-hmm. and uh i couldn't really hold the sword and i remember that whole summer uh because we reported we left august 18th and i remember that whole summer Like, from March, I was just, you know, working. I'm just doing all this stuff because I knew I was going to be using my right hand. And I got an email from Daniel saying, hey, man, so I'll see you next week. i see you in two weeks. And you have been practicing with your left hand, right? I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah, man. Every day, all day, left hand. And I'm like, what the hell? So I only had two weeks to start doing it with my left. And it was just so awkward because now... I got to figure out what I'm doing, you know, because when you're doing, you know, one hand stuff, so I had to figure out how was I going to do and swing and, you know, with, with my left and just make it real and put my body into it. It took a long time. I broke a lot of shit, (laughs) I, 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 I broke a lot of shit and it was crazy. Yeah. So yeah, unbelievable. I was breaking shit in hotels. I was like, oh shit, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Hey, look, I uh, broke the chandelier. You know, what were you doing? Swinging that sword. I had like this rubber sword that Daniel (laughs) gave me. And I was just like, now it's season two. So, uh, yeah, it was quite interesting. I bumped into a lot of stuff (laughs) because I was trying to work the left and it was just not. And then trying to flower with it and go behind your back and come around, it was just so awkward. So awkward.
0: No, and I I can feel your pain. Um, I was actually left-handed until I was three. Right. Uh, I had a German babysitter who would slap my hand every time I used my left hand. Wow. Um, wow. So I became right-handed. I, I can do right. some things with my left hand, but not a lot. So I can't yeah. even imagine having to swing a sword, whether it weighed one pound or 20 pounds. Um, and those swords are heavy. The, those swords have. how heavy is the one you have because you know I want to see it <laughs> it's it's
1: it's uh it's it's the weight of a real broad sword. oh my everything God. is everything's the weight of the real sword that's one thing that our prop masters uh made sure everything was the weight so when you had to use the real hero one it was the same weight it wasn't awkward and you weren't slinging something you know you faster that, yeah. yeah so it was uh it, that was that was quite interesting uh to learn those mechanics, and I watched a lot of videos, watched a lot of people, Uh and it was it was it was very, very educational. And, and now you know, I find myself swinging everything, you know, with both hands. It doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't matter. You know, I get the broom, yeah, 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 right? You see, okay, yeah, with everything. So
0: it's crazy. I'm sure that doesn't go over well so much, but <laughs> you're breaking <Yeah>. chandeliers. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, everything. But um, it's... I I do the same thing. I flip things, so... Yeah, I I throw things,
1: catch things all the time. You know, just to make sure your hand-eye coordination because you never know when you're going to have to use that again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, (laughs) like I said, with with this character for Stranger Things, um, I don't have anything like that to do but um, it's a very—he's a very interesting, almost similar to to Nathaniel, uh, but he's got more love, more. I would say the layers in this in this particular guy is uh, more complex, and um, he's a lot <clears throat> more intense, but quiet. Which is terrifying. Yeah, which is terrifying. So, Which I'm glad because I was looking to do something that it was just all about the eyes. And interesting enough, it was this time last year that we started discussing the whole thing with Stranger Things. And we were supposed to start shooting in March, but, you know, COVID hit. Yeah. Uh, So when I... uh, put myself on tape, uh, for, um, the Lieutenant Colonel, uh, Tim and I shot that again and we shot it like a film again. And I, I, yeah, I have this scene, this really cool scene that I'm going to be doing with Paul Reiser. That was the audition piece. And it's pretty much still the same scene, but just in that conversation, uh, it's a four, four page scene for me. But just in that conversation, it's heavy, and it's very dangerous. Oh it's, my God! It's one of those things where, you know, this guy is a badass, and this is who you call when you want E.T.'s ass kicked. You call this guy. So who are we gonna call? Call Lieutenant Colonel. He kicks
0: E.T.'s e. ass all the time. So if if so, I was writing this, that would be the title. Who you call to kick E.T.'s e. ass? Get, get,
1: Who can kick ET's ass? So uh, to prepare for this for this guy, I did do some research on guys that uh, African American gentlemen, gentlemen, who was in I can't think of it. It was 164, 167 tank regiment under Patton, Um, and that particular tank regiment, from my understanding, did not lose one tank in the European theater from the moment they landed in Tunisia uh, all the way to Bastogne, the Battle of the Bulge. And, uh, you know, we hear about the Tuskegee Airmen all the time, Mm -hmm. but um, we need to hear more about these guys, uh, which I'm going to make a a personal effort, to make this uh, a a, a passion project for me. Also, um, the Harlem Hellcats. Um, About, it was, what it was, it was like, Second term of Obama's stay in office, it was, uh, I think, the last, close to the last year when he was in office that Chuck Schumer had awarded the family of uh, a gentleman who had just died who was uh, in the uh, Holland Hellcats. Hmm. And basically, uh, the Germans had, um, they had pushed both times in World War I World War II, they had pushed the German. Germans back across the Rhine River, and uh, this particular one incident, the uh, it was in World War One. The the Germans faked they did a fake surrender and jumped in the trench with them, and it was hand-to-hand combat. And um, not so many guys survived, but two gentlemen did survive, Uh, and it just went down to -to hand-to-hand with knives. Everybody was out of ammo, so uh chuck schumer awarded that gentleman's family his congressional medal of honor i think the second year the second term of obama's stay in office but it was like the last two years so um i know that will smith has a story uh max brooks had wrote a script about it Hmm. couldn't get it made and so he went on to make get um uh made um brad pitt did it um world war z Mm. that got made instead so what max did was convert his script into a um, graphic novel which will has the rights to so i read last year that they were going to make that a film so i'm waiting to see that it's going to be interesting and hopefully 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 they do it right because we need to see that story
0: yeah absolutely and i mean my mind is just, I'm speechless. And if you haven't noticed, Mm -hmm. I like to talk. So, um, you know, it's very powerful things. And I love that you're making that a project. And now a word from our sponsor anchor FM. Now back to the show. Right. We're, we're seeing now is it a time for innovation. Now is the time for us to look at ourselves and say, you know, what are we good at, but what can we do more? You know, we, we, we've talked about it before and it's like, you know, I've been writing for a decade you know, mm-hmm. covering MMA, you know, interviewing fighters. And last November, I hit writer's block. It was, it's the worst thing I've ever experienced where I would try to write something and nothing. Right. Um, you know, we're coming from somebody who was able to, you know, I've written pieces that I don't remember writing. Right. I'll start type, you know, I'll start typing. And then the the next thing I know, there's a full piece in front of me. And right. that to me is like the experience, the everything. And when COVID hit and we had to start working from home, I said, you know, I've never really put myself on video. Nobody ever hears my voice. Let's Mm -hmm. do a podcast. I said, but it's my podcast. (laughs) Exactly. I said, you know, I want to interview the people that I get to interview. And during this time, you know, getting to talk to photographers, to cut men, I talked to Burt Watson, who actually used to be Joe Lewis's manager way back in the day. Um, uh, wow. and him talking about getting to meet Mandela and Mandela was a boxing fan. And I'm just like, some of these stories that? that have come out, um, he said he joined the Marine Corps, uh, cause his mom, bro- his mom brought home a magazine and he opened one of the pages and saw, I wanted to say, he said a brother in uniform and he said, I want to do that. Yeah. And he's like, by the time I was 25, I had been around the world so many times. I had done so many things. And to get to hear these stories, it's just a different approach to this. You know, I know I tried to come in with some questions because it's you. You know, this is a different mm-hmm. outlet for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But really, like, that part of it right there, that little piece about how passionate you are, um, it's just breathtaking. Like, it's fantastic. Oh, thanks. Thanks.
1: Um, thanks.
0: Thanks. I, I
1: basically, for me, uh, being a, you know African-American man, uh what i try to do is not be boxed in mm-hmm. and not be considered you know this is what they do or this is what you're supposed to do or this is how you're supposed to act no um because of the business i'm in you know i have had a chance to travel the world that's one thing i always wanted to do that and learn other cultures and to present to everyone a, you know, there are no stereotypes So whatever you think, you know, it's going to get broken with me. Um, and that's so important so key because I have bumped up against racism, you know, in college, in uh, high school, in professional sports, you know, maybe three or four times in our business. Uh, the, the film industry mm-hmm. and uh, you know I had to correct that uh, several times and uh, you know everyone walks away uh, with a better understanding uh, I never got into a confrontation with someone because of that but got into a conversation about it and uh once everything was said and done, um, again, like I said, I reiterate, we walked away with a better understanding, or they walked away with a better understanding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and you always have to present yourself, uh, represent yourself in a positive way, and um, it's it's just quite interesting that if one doesn't it's easy to be typecast. It's easy to, to, to be like, see, that's how they are. That's how that person is. Um, so I, I, a lot of times I have, I have been in situations where I was only person of color, uh, on this set or at this place or over someone's house. And I remember, and I was just talking about this the other day, season three, badlands. I, uh, had a conversation with Al Goff, uh, our showrunner, Mm -hmm. we were talking about, you know, how this is a a dystopian uh, society, 500 years into the future, and he said, don't you think that every ethnicity would be alive, and it just wouldn't be white folks, this or that, it would be everybody, and I'm like, you're right. And it wasn't hard to notice going into when I did, they introduced me in season two, It wasn't hard to see that they had every ethnicity on that set. Mm -hmm. I had to come all the way over to Ireland, right, where there are black folks there, but not a lot. Mm -mm. So a lot of the black folks, you know, came from the States, are from the UK, or, you know, um, Africa, or, you know, certain places like that. But I remember distinctly going back to my trailer and I was just so overwhelmed that I'm seeing faces of color, faces of color, not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera and in the office also.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I just, it kind of messed me up right now. I kind of like went behind the trailer and just bawled for about 10 minutes because I was just so like overwhelmed. Like I got to come all the way up here. And then. You know, you come back to the States and you might see one or two people of color, da 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 da. I'm just like, this is bullshit. This is, you know, unless you work in Mississippi or Chicago or or Detroit, um, you know, then you got everybody, you know, Vancouver, Toronto, you're seeing all these spaces. But a lot of times here, you know, especially in LA, you know, you're you're hard pressed to walk around the lot and go, okay, brother, 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 okay, yeah. my Latino brother, okay, all right, all right my brother from uh, India, okay, all right, cool. You know, it's hard. You're hard pressed sometimes. So, um, it's a lot different now, but two, three years ago.
0: Pff, well, and you know, it's just it's just stupid. If you look at those, you know, the first season, obviously you weren't a part of that, but you look at the first season and they could have gone down a horrible path with the typecasting because you had the you know the barons and the cogs and then you look and they're all all diverse and you've got different groups and you've got different you know regions and everything else and if you guys haven't watched the show stop what you're doing and go watch it um i was upset the day that i found out there wasn't going to be a season four but i won't go into that um But really, the diversity, like you said, you know, when Pilgrim comes on, you know, Aramis, Mm -hmm. like, everybody in the show bringing, you know, themselves in. And I really hope that that show gets some sort of rebirth. Gets some sort of that for nothing other than the storytelling being amazing, but the diversity it showed. And it wasn't forced. There was no reason where, like, you're like, typecast this guy, or he's gotta be this guy, or he's gotta be this guy. Um, I mean, I can't say enough good things about the show, and yeah, there was nothing yeah. I didn't like. And of course, bringing yeah. Nick Frost into it, I wasn't sure how it was going to feel because I love Nick Frost. Frost. And then to Nick, see him, <clears throat>
1: Nick Frost is the funniest man on the. He's in LA right now. I haven't I haven't seen him yet. He's he's filming. Oh my uh, god! But yeah, Nick Frost, even when he's dead ass serious, it's funny. It's Funny. I mean he can say good morning, darling, and it's funny, <laughs> you know. And oh uh, I don't know how Daniel did it on a daily basis without just losing it. Mm-hmm. It was one day I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it, I could not help it, I couldn't help it, I couldn't help it, I couldn't help it. It was me, Eugenia, uh, Emily, Lewis, Daniel, Nick, uh Allie when we were working up to seven strike it, strikes as one. Mm-hmm. And we were going to meet with um, the cats with the mace and the, 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 yeah. the word, red and black. Uh, so we were about to have that meeting. And we all had dialogue. And I'll never forget it. I looked at Nick, and he goes, you bastard, right? And it's on me, right? So I, Lose it, right? And then Eugenia lost it. Then Daniel lost it. and Then we all lost it. Then it was thirty minutes of that. And then Al showed up. Our showrunner showed up, and we just didn't care. I mean, it was it was it was hard for Paco because he's trying to shoot the scene and move on. And we just look at Nick and just start losing it every time. The man was just so funny. He just standing and look at you like, right? And you. You lose it so yeah that was that was a hard day that was a hard day it was everybody had the fucking giggle bops for sure it was is crazy, that, is that a term? is that an industry term giggle bops giggle bops yeah cut cut it out with the google bops shut up this oh. man's funny it was it was great man but i don't know how daniel did it on a daily basis because it's hard i'm like i know man because he's just he's just saying dialogue and it's
0: just falls out and you go like what the fuck it's crazy <laughs> He's crazy. He says his dialogue. You laugh and you go, "That's not funny." He goes, "That's my line." Like exactly, exactly,
1: exactly. It was so crazy. He was. It was awesome, man. But to be with that group of actors, and I must say this: that group of actors, season three, uh, even I mean, every season with Dan Lins, there was not one knucklehead actor that we did not love and care. And we're all so tight, you know. Mm-hmm. I think we send messages to each other on our on our WhatsApp once a week, because somebody's always doing something and we're always congratulating each other for for something that they're doing. So, uh, But yeah, that was really refreshing for the first time to be on a set with a bunch of actors and we all took care of each other. We were all there for each other, all the time. It didn't matter. I mean, if it was freezing cold, we were there for each other. Uh, You know, you don't have to do off-camera for me. No, I'm staying, you know, what what are you doing here? I'm doing off-camera for you. You can go to your trailer. I'm staying. You know, I wanna, you know, you're I wanna out be here, there for you. Yeah. Yeah. If you're out here and everybody else is out here, I need to be here. I can't go be the little pansy actor standing in my trailer being warm. You know? So I might as well put on a couple of layers. Can you see my face? Yeah. All right, let's go. You know, and do the dialogue. So it's crazy.
0: And it it just blows my mind, you know, we don't ever get that that back you know the back door into what it's like for you guys to go through this stuff. But Everything you talk about is 110%. It's commitment yeah. to the role. You become the character. And I know a lot of people say that, say that, say that. But when you see somebody on screen and somebody goes, you know, that should have been Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Never in a million Everyone yeah. who cast that show went, we made the right choice. Yeah. Let the demolition yeah. man stay with Stallone. I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie. I love that movie. It's a great movie yeah it is um but realistically you you embody the character so much that it's hard to tell it's just like with music did they write the lyrics first or did they write the song you know what came first and what was paired together and so many times you'll try to break that down and i love progressive rock and progressive metal because it changes time signatures and everything so crazy exactly but you'll listen and you'll go Okay, the guitar came first, and then the drum. No? no. Yeah. Hold, hold on. And you're trying to, like, piece together what came first. And I feel like it's the same way for some actors. Where you'll see them on screen, and you'll go, they're reading lines. Yeah. They're not becoming the character. And that's why I watch. If they're them. not there, yeah. Watch Rewatching those fight scenes, even the dialogue between you two is... Like, you're yeah. just in there, and you forget about everything else that's going on, so...
1: It's like a good, you know, that, that show was, you know, it's like being in a master's master's class and you're there for the other actor actors so much, uh, because if you're driving that scene by yourself, it's no fun. It's not about you winning all the time. Mm -hmm. So I do want to win, even if I'm supposed to die in that scene or I lose the argument in that scene, I'm still going for the win, Mm -hmm. but, um, the main thing is to have a really cool tennis match with your actors in that scene. So it's a lot of give and take, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of there's a lot of pushing. Like I said, what Nick and even Oliver Platt was like this also. I did a film with him where I um, love Oliver Platt. Uh, Oliver Oliver's the 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 bomb diggity. Dude. He's just like Nick. It just flows and it flies from his cerebral cortex. So.
0: I just I think of Lake Placid every time, though. I mean, oh, I dude. know Three Musketeers, but Lake Placid, yeah. Lake Placid, is where yeah. my mind goes. He, so I walk in in the scene,
1: and David Goyer, David S. Goyer, was directing. This was this was his first film. Uh, so I walk into the scene. I'm playing this detective, and I'm trying to figure out who robbed him, uh, robbed his his, his safe, mm-hmm. uh, and he's having this, he's having a conversation with uh, Natasha Leone, and I come in. And they break off the conversation. He comes over and he goes, Well, officer, did you uh <laughs> and it wasn't written. It wasn't written. He said, Well, officer, did you find out who uh, who committed the great train robbery? Right? I'm already exactly in my head, I'm done. I'm done. And I'm saying to myself, You better not break character, Sherman. You better not break character. Stop it. Stop it. I'm like, This motherfuckers funny. I know, but stop. So I go on to say my line and we're walking and we stop and we're supposed to have this conversation. We're supposed to go off. And so my line was, okay, well, who was that you were speaking with? And he, and it wasn't, it wasn't scripted. He said, that's my little sister's niece's uncle's little sister's daughter's friend. (laughs) Right? Right. That's my little sister's niece, uncle's daughter's little friend. And yes, I'm married and I'm and he holds up his ring and I'm fucking her right and he shows me her ring his ring and exactly exactly so everybody all the other actors in the scene you know was in the kitchen at the other restaurant and they oh, are God. about to lose their shit and I'm just about to lose but I'm like Sherman you got to do something it was a split second it was just one of those things that had to split second so I and he said and he called me Sherlock homie that's what it was Sherlock homie right and when he said Sherlock Holmes, I wanted to laugh so bad, and I just grabbed him by his shirt and I slammed him against the wall, and I said, "I'm going to come back here tomorrow, and I won't answer whatever the line was." And I called him, uh, Mr. Motherfucker, right? <laughs> I called him Mr. <laughs> I called him Mr. Motherfucker, and I let go of his shirt and I walk off. So then, if he came, all right, I'm in a scene with him. I got I got outdoing. I got outdoing. <laughs> so. <laughs> and so there's a scene where he gets knocked out and he's laying on the floor. And I walk in and uh, I find a kid who has autism. And I know he did it, but because this guy, I was playing such an asshole and he's got all these great ad libs. He called Miguel Nunez. I won't even say what he called him, Miguel Nunez. Yes. And he just. He just- he called him a cock gobbler, right? <laughs> and so, and so I was on set that day, and John—I mean, it's Wesley Snipes, myself, John Lake Wazama, Oliver Platt. Oh my God! Um, you know, this was the cast, right? And 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 so and Wesley just did this hell of a performance where he was like riding a bat like it was a pogo stick, but it was just—I mean, everybody was just on everybody was just trying to outdo each other. I mean, we weren't trying to outdo each other, but it was just the, the film was it just led you to you know, create this other thing. Mm-hmm. And um so uh I had said something I I just was talking to uh uh the lead and um I said uh something about that's okay let him stay there and I, I said he's the poster boy for the prevention of inbreeding right <laughs> and so uh oliver took that later on and started you know i'm, I'm the poster boy right and it was it was just really crazy so um badlands was just like that now, it, it, it was one of those things where um, you're comfortable with your castmates and you can push each other all the time and that makes for great acting, again, because you're finding real behavior and it's just, it's always about behavior, 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 and giving. If you're a giving person uh, in real life, you're also going to give in that scene, in those scenes. And Orla Brady, who plays Lydia, Mm. is, she's just absolutely just one of the best actresses I've ever worked with and she's so giving and so present all the time and it was just it was just a thrill and an honor to work with all those actors all the time
0: well and even
1: never had a bad day at work
0: what you just did you just went from telling the most hilarious story to going i learned and you just shifted like that yeah you have to like i get smoked
1: i get smoked and have a bad day you always want to leave work going uh, there's something wrong with me. there's really something wrong with me because I had an acting coach always tell me surprise yourself, do something that surprises yourself no matter what it is if it's if it's a look if it's a, a gesture or if it 's an ad lib or whatever it is, just do something to surprise yourself. you know keep everybody on their toes because people are going to come at you when you have the Oliver Platts and you have the the Nick Frost of the world you know you got to come with it you can't just Oh, I'm in a scene, I'm an actor. Okay, what's my line? There's nothing more frustrating to be in a scene with someone and there is nothing behind their eyes. And all you can you can tell that they're just waiting for you to stop talking so they can say their lines. When I see that, I'm going for the juggler. I'm gonna think of all kind of shit to do. I'm gonna just it's it's crazy because what am I getting from this person? a nada and it's just really really scary and then when you're working with someone who just can just bring it without doing anything when you're working with the Julia Roberts and the James Gandolfini's of the world then you really got to be on your game really got to be on your game because they bring
0: it and I, I love the inadvertent name drops but it's it's true I mean
1: I'm some... fortunate to work with Unfortunately, I have been fortunate to work with nothing but heavyweights in my career.
0: No, like, and no doubt. I,
1: you know, I, I think, you know, for a kid coming from South Central and to be thrust into a situation to where you're working with some of the best people in the world, come on, that says something about what you're doing. And uh, it's a testament to your work, uh, regardless if you're making tons of money or not. If you're in that, that arena with those folks... Man, you're doing your job. You're doing your job.
0: Yeah, and you've worked with some, like, even going all the way back to Colors, you know, the Robert Duvall, Donald Sutherland, like, everybody you work with, you know, we could list Don Cheadle, just so, Damon Wayans, like... It was all our first job. It was all our first job. Which is insane! It was all our first job, and
1: like, the night before I auditioned, I had watched Blue Velvet, and I was like fuck. So I'm sitting in a waiting room and Dennis Hopper walks in. I'm like, oh shit, it's the well-dressed man. I was always a Dennis Hopper fan, but I just knew him as a well-dressed man. And I did not do my due diligence to look on the, 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 the appointment sheet two days before and see that Dennis Hopper was directing this film. And when he walked through the door and nodded to me, I'm like, oh shit, Dennis Hopper. And the only note he gave me when I went in the room was like, don't use your hands. It's all about this. Hmm. And I'm like, okay. Right. Now, my performance in that movie, I was a deer in the headlights, But it's okay. It's okay. That was 32 years ago. Uh,
0: It's okay, man. It was on the other day. I'm like, sure, with the flat top. Oh, boy. Well, and to, to give credit to Dennis Hopper, In my mind, Speed, Waterworld, but really, like, that scene in Speed where he goes, the whim of a madman. Yeah, yeah. It's hilarious and dark and, like, it's so many different emotions that shouldn't be. But it's the way he did it.
1: I go all the way back to Apocalypse Now, you know. Well, yeah, I mean. But for me, the performance, Blue Velvet that film he, he killed it they all killed it in that film you know it, it must have been a trip to work with David Lynch Oh my
2: god,
1: must have been a trip oh man come on man come on come on I I, I remember one day I was driving down Sunset and I, he was promoting a new he was promoting uh Naomi Watts was in the, I can't think of a movie other than it was right now Mulholland Drive mm-hmm. and he was on the corner of Highland and Hollywood Boulevard sitting in a director's chair with a cow on a rope and a sign that says my movie's coming out soon. Go see it. <laughs> Mulholland Drive. And I'm driving by the look at this fucking David Lynch, man, on the corner of Highland and Hollywood Boulevard,
2: promoting with cow. this
1: film, sitting in a director's chair with a cow. Damn, who does that? David Lynch does. It was very interesting.
0: I I can't think of a better way to promote a movie. I I can honestly say I'm not going to lie and say I've seen Blue Velvet, but by the end of this year, I will have. Oh, you got it. Oh, man. Come on. You got to
1: watch that tonight. Tonight. You have to. Oh, my God. (laughs) Watch it. Watch it. When you watch it, hit me up. Uh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow. That's eh. the performance that I'm looking for one of these days, one of those performances, because he puts himself out there.
0: Well, and it's. I don't need to see the movie to know that Badlands probably was that for you. And yeah. I think you're still going. I mean you you've got a birthday coming up next month. You're not yeah. slowing down at all. I'm not at all at all.
1: I would say I would say also the closest to that would be Virus uh for me. Yeah. With Virus um that that film uh, basically opened up a lot of inner doors for me because I'm working with all those fantastic actors and we know what Cliff is doing and everybody's doing. Uh, but it was one of those things to where I just let it go. Um, I wasn't afraid to, to go over the top because you can always bring an actor down, but it's hard to bring an actor up. Mm-hmm. And I just, when when Richie goes crazy, I just let myself go and go crazy. You know, I just let myself, you know, I figure out how to maneuver and operate around that ship. And Richie's the smartest person on that ship. And he's going to figure out how to get off that thing and fuck everybody else. It's every man for himself. But I'm getting off this ship because I say it. I got to get off this ship. And so I started devising all these things, you know, the ejection seat to get off that ship. And the way I got that job, I walked into the audition and John Bruno was a very good friend and Gail and Hurd were in the room and Richie was supposed to be, yeah, Richie was supposed to be this burnt out ex-Vietnam veteran with blonde hair, right? So this is when everybody had an opportunity to... Get a job because it wasn't about ethnicity. It was about the best actor comes into the door. That's who we're hiring.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, I had the I had to follow this cable to the ejection seat. I mean, to the uh, to the uh, uh, launch uh, pad uh, for uh, a missile. And so I'm following the cable, and I said, "Oh, hello, Mr. Cable." Where are you going to lead us? And so, I'm, oh, cool. You know, I <laughs> find thing and that got the job for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> that got the job. John said, oh, dude, you got the job right then and there. And wow. as far as the Mexican was concerned, when I went to that audition, um, I walked into the room and it was every heavyweight black actor in that room that could have their own freaking show, their own movie. And I was pissed. I just got pissed. I just went nuts. I was like, fuck this, man. This is just really awful to have us all in here, you know, shuffling for the same gig, man. This is crazy. You know, at least space it out to where we're not seeing each other. Right?
0: Yeah, give so me, give me I, a hope. like,
1: I mean... Yeah, yeah, you know, so I went into the room pretty pissed off. Cordial, nice, everything. You know, they couldn't feel what was coming off of me, but I'm like, I'm going to use this for the guy and did the scene and I knew they had made an offer to Delroy Lindo but you hear these stories and I'm not ego stroking myself it's just a testament of of anyone who's listening and watching to not be afraid to just go for it and whatever you're thinking just let it fly and if it doesn't work at least you Mm committed and you did what you needed to do and you can go home there's only three auditions Well, it shouldn't be three auditions. It should be the audition before you get there, the audition, and then that's it. When you leave, that's it. And that's with any job. And I remember when I finished the audition, Gore Vabinsky had his script and all this paperwork on his desk. And he actually did. I've never done this before. And he goes, and he pushed the script and goes, the job is yours. Don't say anything when you walk out the door. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You can stop messing with me. Is it April Fools? No, it's not. He goes no. You're dude. like hold on. He got up. No. He got up. He walked around, and he said, "Job is yours. And he killed it." I'm like, "Oh, thank you, sir." That's how it happened. Yeah, it was it was crazy. And then the next thing I know, you know, I'm standing there with Gandolfini and Julia and Brad and J.K. Simmons. You know, it was just like, "What the hell is this? What happened? Somebody just came me because I need to you wake happen. up." Well, you know, it was just one of those things. But again, it comes from you know, and we go back to martial arts training. It's being prepared, being prepared, being prepared, and knowing your training. Mm -hmm. And that's all it is—just knowing your training. And when all else fails, you fall back on training all the time. And that's what—that's what it takes. It's all about your training. And you can be prepared for a lot of things, but if you forget your training and panic, Mm -hmm. then you know you're not going to breathe. You're not going to do certain things. You're going to be in trouble.
0: Yeah, you're going to you're going to only focus on defense instead of trying to get out yeah, exactly. of
1: the situation. Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. What's my exit? What's 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 my strategy to get out of this? Mm-hmm. Um and because as you know there's a counter for everything. You know, you can't literally just block a punch. You can roll punches. Nobody can actually block a punch. You know, if you're if you're in a situation in the streets and you throw something that gets blocked, you can always, you know, reverse that punch and go here, go there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can just do everything with one hand if you want to. You know, hence the one-hand swordsman, <laughs> you know. I can't tell you how many times I was watching that. It's like, okay, how's he doing this? So, you know, <laughs> how's dude doing this? Is that his strong hand or his weak hand? Um, so it, it's just interesting. And, you know, because of the sports in the martial arts background, you take that into everything all the time.
0: And you could feel it in those scenes, you know, the, the action scenes. Obviously, we know their stunt work it's they're meant to protect you guys but like you said Daniel wants to run up a wall you know you had the opportunity to, to jump off stuff wire work whatever it is you know some of the some of the scenes that were in there but at the end of the day like because of the the mindset you have not necessarily the skill set but the mindset made that look more real the people you had yeah. working with you guys made it look real and you know some of the, the stuff in the show some people had said was over the top but i don't mm-hmm. think so We're 500 years in the future. We've got people with a gift who can turn it on and off when they get, you know, or when they get cut. That's the part you're going to focus on?
1: Yeah. I I will say this. I mean, the reason, the way it ended, uh, and they had started talking about a a spinoff, and the spinoff was going to be, okay, guns are slowly making their way back. Mm Mm-hmm. And Nick was going to end up being the sheriff or the marshal of this town. And then we had the two kids. We had the widow's kid and we had Henry growing up. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, Nathaniel was off in the woods still looking for uh, Cressida. You know, so you seen Cressida? Who's yeah. Cressida? Don't worry
0: about it. Have you yeah. seen her? have you seen her? <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so eventually Moon was going to work his way into that town and run back into Baji. Uh, and so, uh, it, the focus was going to be on the kids and Baji and, 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 Moon, but, um, and then wherever they were going to go with bring into how they were going to bring Sonny back and all these things, uh, was going to be interesting for them to find out for us to find out, but I would not completely put anything. I, I will not say the show is completely dead. I will not say that answers, uh, questions won't be answered.
2: Mm-hmm. So well,
1: and- at at some point, and we can forget about it right now because that show was probably that show at the time was the most expensive show that uh, AMC was doing, even more expensive than um, Game of Thrones, which shot with uh, shoots in uh, it was shooting in uh, uh, Belfast. Jeez. So our show was very expensive because think about it, we had two full crews, 100 people plus, fight unit and drama unit, mm-hmm. and you got two catering units. You got all these things, all these components going. And it was a very expensive show. So I get it. So just think if they were trying to do that now with COVID. Yep. You know, because you have to have a COVID budget. So nah, nah, no. we've got shot down. We've got a, nah nah. No guys.
0: Well nah, and i sorry. I won't say who, but I reached out to somebody I, I would say in charge of the show. Uh uh-huh. After the cliffhanger and after the, the news that the show wasn't gonna get and I said, Hey why the cliffhanger? Like, what What was the reasoning right. for that? And he said, well, because we had planned the spinoff, but the new head <laughs> of the network didn't want to make it.
1: Yeah. yeah. And
0: <clears throat> hearing that confirmed, I mean, obviously, I'll tell you who it is later, but... Um, yeah. Beauty of social media. But really, the end of the show, him picking up the gun, you're like, oh my god. Yeah. And then to hear that news, you're like, son of a bitch. I know. Um,
1: I know because I was all I was looking forward to the fact that maybe now I can talk them into letting me have this articulating hand because I was going to have my moon sword, all these other things. I was going to have a new uniform that I could pull these these things off and, and throw these shurikens. Right. Mm-hmm. Plus have a six shooter. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was already. I was all ready for it. I was already like, you know, to collaborate. And, like, I want this cool ass scarf and I want just straight Clint Eastwood, dude. I wanted to go straight Clint Eastwood, you know. <laughs> But you know, it's like here we go, and yeah, it, it it's it's they started bringing over a lot of other stuff that that the BBC was doing, and uh, you know, God bless them. Uh, they lost a lot of viewers mm-hmm. because of that. Um, and uh, but I understand, I understand the reason why they did it. It's because it was a very expensive show.
0: Yeah, the financial and, aspect uh, always wins.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it it always wins, uh, because they couldn't blame it on uh, the viewership or anything else that the show sucked or whatever. It was just very expensive, and then on top of that, to try to do P and A press and ads, um, then you're you know really escalating the budget. So yeah, well, I get it.
0: And AMC I it. had a a really bad knack, and I think they actually did it with Badlands. So I'm not going to say it was completely like not working. But they would do, yeah. like, Walking Dead, then they'd throw in this new show, then they'd do the Talking Dead. And it was like, what is this new show? And I think that's the first time they threw Badlands in there to see how it would be. And I was yeah. happy that it got, you know, they changed where it was. Yeah. Um, because it, it did bring me into the show. You know, the the martial yeah. arts aspect, just the first episode, the cinematography alone was shot beautifully.
1: yeah, You see oh, those first... Was, yeah.
0: Yeah, it was unreal and it was unlike anything else current you know it had yeah. the feel of the old martial arts movies without being with you know being in color and not looking cheesy looking real and looking like okay this could this could be real yeah um so i'll i'll talk about that all day long but you know yeah. obviously the focal point you're in stranger things now uh, which yeah yeah the way somebody got me to watch that was they said it's it's a sci-fi version of the Goonies for adults. Mm-hmm. I said okay, and we watched one, two, and three. So I'm really excited for this, um, especially yeah. finding out you're going to be a part of it. I know they don't have a release date. I'm not asking you for any plot things. We already discussed that. <laughs> yeah, um, um,
1: I, I, it's going to be very interesting. I, I will say this: it's going to be more scarier and bloodier. I can't say that. So, and this, this won't be the last season, oh, that's no. for sure.
0: No. Nah. And I'm excited for that. And now if, if Lieutenant Colonel Sullivan pulls out a broadsword, though, I might lose my shit.
1: Dude, wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be great? I got this. I picked this up from a friend of mine.
0: Like, yeah. just not even as a part of, like, you. Just, like, be in his office. And he'd be like, that's a story for a another time. Yeah.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. My cousin gave me that. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> He's a real badass. <laughs> yeah, <it's
1: funny. laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I'm really liking this guy. I'm really liking what um, uh, his 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 mechanics. I really dig that I was able to just fall right into what the brothers had conceived because I didn't get a chance to talk to them until the day that I shot my first day. And you know there be only a theme note, for you <laughs> like, yeah just- their <laughs> only their only note to me was dude you killed it you did exactly how we wrote it on paper thank you you know and again that's just understanding watching the show understanding the whole thing and doing uh, the due diligence of trying to give them a realistic character and uh you know pulling real people in and then adding myself uh to the situation about how would i really how would i really react if i was in charge of all of this Mm -hmm. all this equipment all these men and i have access to just like anything i want to um so again if i if i had that i wouldn't be arrogant about it i would want to use certain things as a last result because I like to get answers,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: even you know, as a, as a normal person, as Sherman, I like to get answers, and that's what uh, Lieutenant Colonel Sстр- S- 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 Sutherland Sutherland uh, S- <laughs> Sutherland is doing.
0: It's because I threw in down uh, Sutherland think- earlier. Yeah, I threw Donald Bisophil- <laughs> Sutherland,
1: uh, it- and it's uh, it's quite interesting uh, that I can pull certain aspects again of of my personality to give to him, but he's. Uh, He's an intense dude. He's an intense dude, and I'm I'm having fun with him because he's just, you know. I wish he didn't have to say anything. <laughs> just walk just walking to a room and just, you know. Nod. Nah. Yeah, and there's 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 a couple of those scenes, but it's like, um, I'm doing some really foul. I can't say that there's some really foul shit that I'm doing to get answers because I'm always I need to get the answers because I know what's. What's right in order to get those things done, in order to save and everybody. Um, so he's a very cool character.
0: I mean, very it cool. Sounds character. like it. You know, we yeah. had, we had a running joke. There was a building around the corner from our house that's been worked on for probably the better part of a decade. And of course, once we watched Stranger Things, we're like, is this like a secret Russian facility? Because you'd see yeah. people go in and come out. See people. The building was nothing you'd see a window broken out and then it'd be patched up and then you'd see you know a bunch of vans there work vans and then they leave and like probably so we call it the stranger things building that's what it is that's crazy and probably like three weeks ago they turned it into an attorney's office and i'm like i'm still not convinced
1: (laughs) no 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 they got a portal down there there's there's some place in the basement they have a door and you can go to another portal we we looked
0: in the windows we were like yeah, are yeah. Going, are we going to see a kind like Yeah,
1: happen. exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, but it, it's going to be a very cool, exciting season. Uh, I, I know the fans will not be disappointed at all. I mean, it's action-packed from Ruta to Tudor. And there's so many new characters uh, on the show now. And everybody's bringing their own little mix to what's going on. And, um, yeah, I'm, excuse me, I'm very excited about about this. It's it's a really cool chapter in my life as an actor to, to get this done and uh, to be part of it. And I'm so honored because I'm a fan, you know, and it fills the last couple of jobs, the last four jobs I've been involved with, I've been fans of that particular show or genre. Mm-hmm. And it's just awesome to be to be you know doing something that you love to do, but you know you got to play your part. You got to play your part, and you know to be a part of this bigger thing. That's so awesome.
0: Well, and you so, get to work with Paul Reiser, doing something yeah. that's not funny. Yeah, um, and there's there's and there's something
1: in there because if you are a fan of like aliens and certain genre films. Mm-hmm. Then you'll get it. That's all I can say. You'll get you'll get certain in certain dialogue and, and certain things. And there's something that I say that is a straight reference to something. It's there's all these great. I can't say what it is. That's an Easter Egg, <laughs> But there's a lot. They're, they're dropping. The brothers are dropping a lot of Easter eggs to a lot of their favorite films and a lot of their favorite characters. So good for them.
0: Well yeah. Good for them. And I, I saw bringing Robert England as part of it, so that's that's kind yeah. of exciting. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fun fun fact: the only movie I've ever been in, uh, I had a buddy who made his own Freddy Krueger movie. It's on the internet. Oh, cool. Um, I did probably forty percent of the camera work too. Not my finest work because I'm not a cameraman. Um, but seeing that I was like, oh, okay, like it's not just pulling in these certain people just because they're a name you know right. they're pulling in everybody who's a part of the show fits that mold and if they haven't yeah. fit that mold they broke it you know And that... yeah yeah i i would say carmen
1: cuba uh cast director and the brothers and the showrunner uh they know exactly what they're doing they know exactly what they're bringing in in the pieces that they're bringing in everybody fits a specific part so it's not like no one's it's not, there's no odd, kind of thing. Well, why did they do that? Why did they do this? Everybody fits.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's so cool. Everybody fits right in their their space, and it's so cool, man. I'm reading these scripts. I'm like, oh man, this is. Oh my god, it's crazy. <laughs> and
0: it's that's crazy. cool for you because you've been doing this for 32 years. You no, know, yeah. I don't mean to put a time stamp on it, but I feel like no it's it's, it's cool.
1: Oh, I got 10 percent of my
0: battery. Oh, that's man. fine. we're about to wrap up. it's fine okay
1: <laughs> but but yeah it, it's it's cool because you know you you're, you're, you're doing something that you know you're a fan of, but I can't wait to see what what everybody brings to the table to tell you the truth. I can't wait to see like I'm a fan of Game of Thrones, and so they got you know uh, the guy who trained uh 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 Arya. You know, as the, the mini-face guy. You know, that that guy. Oh. I can't think of it. Yeah, yeah, so, oh, man. The faceless uh, man.
2: Just,
1: yeah, the faceless man. I mean, just like, uh, uh what was his, Jokadon, or whatever his name was. It's not not today. crazy, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, 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 dude, yeah. I love Game of Thrones, too. That was that was another thing. But at the end of the day, I'm internally grateful for you taking the time. Oh, dude, anytime, anytime. Um, you really brought so much to this, and I always say that. Because I, I go in expecting one thing. And like you said, you've got to surprise yourself. Yeah. Did I really think we'd be talking for two hours? No. no.
1: Oh, dude. Dude, it's awesome.
0: awesome. And it's, it's cool. It was fantastic. So on behalf of the Quiggin' Out MMA podcast, um, I'm going to give my little shout-outs. com for making my shirt, my logo. And then I've got some local businesses.
1: Oh, yeah. I see the swag, baby. So
0: this is Fat yeah. Boy Jiu-Jitsu, Bertso's yeah. Bake Shop, and then La Barba Cubana. They're all local um, a beard company obviously a bake shop and then the jujitsu company he actually does a it's a, a thor shirt but it's a fat thor uh uh-huh. i was gonna wear it today but i thought batman was more appropriate so yeah yeah that's cool that's cool <laughs> but really like in this day and age you know we've got to help support each other so these are all businesses i help support and they're not paying Absolutely. me to say this they're not paying they didn't ask me to do any of this but for me just getting them some exposure just getting something up there seems like the kind of person you are. So the only thing I'm going to ask you to do, if you can, is mm-hmm. let me see that sword.
1: <laughs> oh, it's, it's over there. I'll, I have to go get it. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. I had to. Hold on. Got to go over there and get it. I have it over here with the other ones. And here is the moon sword. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: should
1: have put it over here. Yes. Oh my God. So, there we go. There we go. <laughs> and this is the one I used to love to practice with because I lost the ring. But, yeah, this sucker right here. There you
0: go. That yeah. I don't know if you can hear me or not, but that just made my ear like that. (laughs) Uh yeah, this is this is the one right here. Wow. I can't even
1: I can't even tell you how many times I knocked myself in the head with it, but yeah. This is the bad boy. That is incredible.
0: Yeah, man. Well sir, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Are you welcome? And, uh, you know, enjoy the rest of your year. You know, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whichever it is. Um, You know, really, any more, just be safe out there. And I really can't wait for season four of Stranger Things. And, you know, any side projects you have, just talking about them today.
1: There's a lot of stuff that we're doing, so we'll talk again. Absolutely. We we should should talk talk in February.
0: Absolutely. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much.
1: All right. All right. You're welcome.